Thursday, February 23rd, 2023, Monaco 64, home of alternative economics and contrarian views. Today we're going to look at how the globalists or the Davos crowd, they're really ratcheting up the pressure on us. They're trying to bring in a, a global economic tyranny, really, uh, through the back door. And uh, yes, we're going to look at what Tony Blair and William Hague said yesterday. And they're both from different spectrum uh, of the political uh, establishment. Uh, and it just goes to show that there is no spectrum, really. Uh, they're all controlled by the, well, by the, the bankers and, and the globalists. And yes, I, I talk a lot about how one should protect themselves through having some gold and silver outside the system. But today I want to talk a, a little bit about taxation, uh, seeing that, uh, uh, the people in charge are taxing us even more, and uh, especially here in the UK, but we've got the the biggest tax burden uh, since World War II. I think in 70 years, uh, we're going to see uh, the Freedom Tax Day move to almost the middle of the year by 2026. What is uh, uh, Tax Freedom Day? Well, that's the day the uh, that the British public stops funding the state. And the further it gets along the, the calendar year, it means the more uh, we're paying, the, the less free we are. Uh, I, I think uh, in 2022, Tax Freedom Day was June 8th. In 2010, it was May 30th. And by 2026, it's going to be June 24th. The middle of the year uh, usually is July 2nd, <laughs> with the exception of leap years, of course. So, yeah, there was the old saying back uh, during the... Uh, American Revolution, no taxation without representation, no digital ID, of course, without representation, but they don't seem to care about this anymore. And that's why I want to tell you about a company uh, that uh, is helping people claim back a lot of tax here in the UK. Uh, so if you're not in the UK, you might want to skip forward in this video, uh, but um if you are in the UK, you might not be eligible, but some of your friends uh, and family might be eligible. So you might want to listen to this. So uh, the company is called Swift Refunds. And what they do is if you are a mobile worker uh, working in lots of different locations to do your job, you could be entitled to a tax rebate related to food, travel, uniform, and equipment costs. Of course, uh, this is not for self-employed people. This is for people who are employed, P-A-Y-E. So if you want to learn more uh, about SWIFT refunds, click on the link uh, in the description and uh, fill out the questionnaire. And you'll find out very quickly within, I think, 30 seconds whether you are eligible for claiming a rebate and... Uh, what uh, Swift Refund does is that they're a registered agent of HMRC and they will help you go through the whole process of claiming uh, back up to four years uh, you could be eligible uh, for. And uh, the average four-year, which is the maximum rebate, is about two and a half thousand pounds. Of course, they will uh, charge you uh, for that. 
Uh, their costs are 22% plus VAT. That's for the standard claim, uh, and, and it takes 8 to 12 weeks. If you want to fast-track your claim, uh, that's 27% uh, plus VAT. And, of course, if you're a higher-rate taxpayer, if you earn more than 50000 your claim could be bigger than the average claim because you're paying 40p uh, in the pound and you might get 40p in the pound. And there's also a swift guarantee. So if HMRC challenges your claim at a later date, swift refunds will pay it. So that's part of the uh, tax back guarantee. And if you call them instead of going online through my link, Make sure uh, you say that Maneco64 sent you there. So uh, with no further ado, uh, let's go back to the globalist. And we're going to start actually with a, a comment uh, or part of uh, what David Rockefeller uh, said in his book, Memoirs, which was published, I think, in 2002. So this is what he said. And I think this uh, was... Uh, in 1991, he made that quote. We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications uh, whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during those years but the world is more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in the past centuries. So this was, uh, I think, in 1990 or 91, he said that, and it's in his memoirs. This is the other thing that he said here. And I'm taking this from Goodreads. For more than a century, ideological extremists, extremists at either end of the political spectrum have seized upon well-publicized incidents such as my encounter with Castro to attack the Rockefeller family for the inordinate influence they claim we wield over American political and economic institutions. Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and of conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and e economic structure, one world, if you will. If that's the charge, I stand guilty and I'm proud of it. So he quoted that in his memoirs as well. So do I have any hope? Are people waking up to, to the fact that uh, the bankers, the technocrats, these uh, big internationalists are seem to be winning, winning the battle? They're, they're going to try to bring in digital IDs. Uh, that's the only way to to bring bring you like the CBDC as well. Well, you would think people would wake up <laughs> with the Internet. But uh, just like uh, the Washington Post, New York Times, and others uh, kept this quiet back in the 80s, 90s, and 70s, the uh, the current uh, crowd of mainstream social media uh, uh, 
platforms are, are doing the same and the old uh, legacy mainstream media is also doing the same. And they do this through ignoring all these things, through calling you a conspiracy theorist. So yesterday uh, we had this announcement by the Tony Blair Institute along with William Hague. William Hague. Uh, was at one point the leader of the conservative party. Tony Blair, of course, is labor. So it goes to show that uh, these guys are on the same uh, page. Uh, they're just like actors for these globalist, technic, uh, internationalist bankers. Uh, they're, they're not there to represent you. So the mainstream media, of course, here in the UK, uh, yeah, they've, they've buried the, the story about Nord Stream 2 and Seymour Hirsch, of course, but they didn't bury uh, Tony Blair and William Hague's call for a digital ID cards for all. So you can see here, it's all over the, the BBC, Sky News. Uh, it's over the in the Times, uh, in the Independent, all, all the major sub suspects, of course. So before we look at what uh, these guys, these bozos, uh, Blair and Hague are calling for, Let's look at who's behind the Tony Blair Institute for Global Change. Let's look who uh, their partners are or their funders are, because this paper uh, about digital IDs uh, for for all in the UK was uh, prepared by the, the Tony Blair Institute. So here we go. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, Lawrence Ellison Foundation, Microsoft Philanthropies, APAC, Asia Pacific Countries, Microsoft Philanthropies, MEA, Middle East and Africa. Oh, the Rockefeller Foundation, <laughs> uh, UBS, the Swiss Bank, uh, that's been bailed out by the, by you, the ta U.S. taxpayer. So these are the people behind the Tony Blair, Blair uh, Foundation. For global change, so so let's go through uh, this uh, story here, and I've taken it from biometricupdate.com. Uh, I'm not going to go into the uh, uh, mainstream publications. Uh, I think this is a good way to look at it. Tony Blair Institute calls for decentralized government-issued digital ID for all. <laughs> That's an oxymoron in itself. Decentralized government-issued. Um, it's a monopoly, of course. Government is in a monopoly. Tony Blair Institute for Global Change is calling for a change, of course, in the government's digital ID program to provide a comprehensive digital uh, identity rather than approve various solutions under different schemes. The UK uh, press is expressing confusion about the proposal. Uh, a new uh, national purpose innovation can power the future for Britain. This is just like uh, trying to distract you, saying this is a good thing for Britain, right? They always uh, come out with that. Um and I'm going to put a link to this in the description. And uh, one thing that I found interesting is uh, what William Hague said here. And I've highlighted it for you. It says the country needs to be 
using data as a competitive asset. According to Haig, as the country looks at the bigger picture of embracing change. Yeah, always beware when politicians talk about change. This is what politics has to be about. <laughs> uh, not just small variations in tax and spending. It's about gripping this future. So William Hague was supposed to be a, a conservative, uh, and he was like a like a child politician star back in the seventies when uh, Margaret Thatcher came along. And <laughs> Margaret Thatcher, of course, uh, was supposed to epitomize small government and conservatism. And here he is now pushing for the government to be even more draconian. It's not good enough for him that government tax and spends. He wants uh, government to grip the future. He, <laughs> so uh, you as an individual will have no privacy, uh, yeah, no freedom. I mean, one of the basic tenets of uh, English common law is that you are innocent until proven guilty, that uh, you should not have to like provide anything to authorities unless they suspect you of committing a crime. So the fact that they're pushing for, for this is all very anti-common law, but common law is going out the window, of course. And you can bet they're going to link this up. This is all going to be linked up with CBDCs because uh, y you can see the kind of people the Blair uh, Foundation is working with. Well, it's the World Economic Forum. We saw them at the World Economic Forum. Bill Gates, the big banks. Uh, when he uh, retired from politics, Tony Blair, he worked for J.P. Morgan. They paid him two million uh, pounds or dollars. I don't know. Could it doesn't really matter which one, but they paid that amount a year just to sit there uh, in his own private office in, at J.P. Morgan in London. I've heard stories about this, that uh, all the uh, young uh, interns and uh, the young uh, trainees at J.P. Morgan, they used to knock on his door every every morning and say, Mr. Blair, would you like a cup of tea? And that's all he did. I wonder if he's still uh, being paid by uh, J.P. Morgan. I wouldn't be surprised, but maybe you know better than I do. So, yeah. Yeah, they're basically going to try to link it to the CBDCs because the BIS is involved, the central banks are involved, BlackRock, they're all together. It's this uh, melding of public-private partnership. And, and if you remember well, if you're old enough to remember when Tony Blair came into power, he spoke about the third way, which is this public-private partnership. And Tony Blair, of course, we know his uh, history vis-a-vis um, -vis Iraq, him and Bush Jr. Uh, we know as well that Tony Blair is a Fabian, and uh, Fabians, of course, their philosophy is slow and steady, uh, a world, a world of, uh, yeah, one, one world government. And the London School of Economics, of course, that is a creation of the, uh, uh Fabians, the Fabian Society. And you look at uh, a lot of people, not just from the UK. Uh, for example, Paul Volcker, he went to the London School of Economics. So um, that's a den for uh, globalists, the London School of Economics. They even lured uh, 
Muammar Gaddafi into endowing the London School of Economics. Tony Blair got all friendly with him and then stabbed him in the back, of course. And uh, talking about Muammar Gaddafi, I saw that uh, Iraq now is going to adopt uh, the petro yuan. They will accept yuan for their oil. So um, it looks like uh, all the trillions that the U.S. spent uh, and all the uh, lives that were lost because of that illegal war, Mr. Blair, it, it was all done in vain. <laughs> uh, why couldn't the West be friendly uh, with other countries? Maybe we wouldn't be seeing all of this move away from the West, away from the dollar. But uh, it's probably a good thing, though, because the dollar and the uh, the, the system of uh, currency, I, I don't even want to call it money, that we have is not fit for purpose. So uh, before we look at the markets, I, I just want to reference... Uh, a book that I'm going to recommend again today. Many of you probably haven't heard about it because you're new to the channel, but it's called The Law by Frederick Bastia. And it's the classic blueprint for a just society. It's not a big book. Highly recommend it. And it's all to do with the size of the state, with taxation, freedom. And I think in this day and age, it's really important for us to let people know about these things. Um, am I hopeful we'll succeed in uh, like fighting these people? Yes. I, I mean, we just have to keep going. As long as the message is being uh, broadcast, I, I think we have some hope. But this is what he uh, says on page 21. And this applies to the conservatives, to uh, to the Democratic Party, to the Labour Party, because they're all the same people. Wake up. <laughs> there is no alternative. Uh, it's just one. It, it looks like there, there is, but there isn't. We've seen with Haig and Blair, right? So this is what uh, Frederick Bastia says, the seductive lure of socialism. Here I encounter the most popular fallacy of our times. It is not considered sufficient that the law should be just. It must be philanthropic, <laughs> uh, tax-free philanthropic foundations. Nor is it sufficient that the law should guarantee to every citizen the free and inoffensive use of his faculties for physical, intellectual, and moral self-improvements. Instead, it is demanded that the law should directly extend welfare, education, and morality throughout the nation. This is the seductive lure of socialism. And I repeat again, these two uses of the law are in direct contradiction to each other. We must choose between them. A citizen cannot at the same time be free and not free. So very simple. Um, I think you can find this uh, a free pdf for this or you can go on the mises.org website and buy it there as well i'm not sure if amazon does it but uh, i'd rather you go to the mises.org website because the mises institute deserves all, all the support it uh, can get uh, it pushes for small government for free markets and uh, yes uh, sound money as well of course so it's uh, 8.22 a.m. London time. Uh, we've got uh, 
spot gold. Let's see here. At uh, 18.27, uh, it's up about two dollars. The range has been 23 uh, to 34. Silver is up six cents at 21.57. Uh, the high uh, has been 70 and the low 46. Yes, uh, yesterday uh, we saw the Fed minutes come out and it looks like uh, the Fed is still pushing uh, for more rate hikes, which is not surprising. That's kind of hurt, uh, uh, been hurting stocks, of course, and it's been hurting uh, precious metals a little bit. Uh, Dow futures this morning is up 100 points. The uh, NASDAQ 100 future is up 100 as well. Uh, the uh, S&P is up uh, 20 points, so it's back above uh, 4,000 for the moment. Uh, the currency market is very uh, steady. It, it hasn't really moved since yesterday. Uh, the only, yeah, not not even the dollar you won has moved that much, so I'm not going to go through it. Let's check the other currencies here. Uh, yeah, the Aussie dollar has moved up almost half a percent though. It's at 68.31. The, can, the dollar has moved down about a quarter of a percent versus the Canadian dollar at 135.22. And the Kiwi dollar as well is up about half a percent, 62.42. To the general commodities, uh, platinum, that's trading around 9.52, so platinum is unchanged, but it has rebounded a little bit in the last few days. Uh, WTI crude uh, is up half a percent at 74.30. Brent is up half a percent at 80.83. Uh, High-grade copper is down 1% at 4.13. So now uh, to the bond markets and, and uh, yeah, the Bank of Japan, I, I talked about this yesterday, they did about $2 billion of QE to keep the uh, 10-year uh, below uh, 0.5. I see that overnight, it's gone back above uh, 0.5 to 0.53. So I expect uh, that the Bank of Japan did more QE today. I haven't heard it, but I'm sure we'll hear about it. Uh, let's look at the UK uh, guilt market, government bond market. I see trouble here. We're continuing to uh, see uh, yields go up. Right now, the two years almost at four, back, up, back up to 4%. We're at 394, up two basis points. Uh, the 10-year is up four basis points at 364. And the 30-year is above 4% now, up four and a half uh, basis points. And, and that doesn't bode well for the UK economy. And... Uh, to finish off the U.S. 10-year yield, that's unchanged at, at 3.92. So, with that, I'm gonna wish you all a very good day. Take care. Bye.